occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. <laughs> hey, welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 62. I'm Abby. I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses today, February time. Pancake Tuesday. That was it. <laughs> Very important day. That was the important more day. important than Valentine's Day. True, because you get to eat more. Debatable. Hmm. I don't know. I, everyone was just enjoying a charcuterie board on Valentine's Day, but today everyone's got pancakes for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, elevensies, afternoon tea. This is true. We've already made pancakes. I will be making more pancakes. The first ones did not go so well. Oh God, no, they were awful. But we're blaming the recipe. BBC not us. Good Food. My oh source. God. She's outing BBC Good Food. Why'd you do me like that? Heard it here first, ladies and gents. What are you covering today, Kate? This week, I'm going to be talking about spontaneous human combustion. So if you're ever worried you're going to burst into flames at any second, then this isn't the episode for you. Well, I wasn't, but now I am. Well, you should be. What are you covering? Birds are spies. This feels like the fakest episode we've ever done. I feel like sometimes you just need a bit of a, bit of a zone out to think about things that probably won't happen to you. But they could. But they could. But before we get into that, news today is that there's another Bigfoot sighting in California. Woo! Watch out if you're in California, because Patty is there, and she apparently has really toned butt cheeks. So, what? Rick Bates, who's a law enforcement officer, was driving around Highway 101 when he saw a figure on the shoulder of the road. He was the only vehicle in the area at around 8.15pm, going around 40 to 50 miles per hour, when he noticed a large, seven-foot-tall figure laying on the side of the road on its right side. Oh my goodness, is she flashing passers-by? No, that was her back. Oh. I guess she could have with her butt. Yeah, she's mooning everyone. Well, he saw its back and noticed it was broad with a thick torso, a similar shape to a human, but not quite a human. How dare you call Patty thick? He also described it as having muscular features on its glutes, which is a very... So Rick slowed down to check out this monster's ass. Wouldn't we all? Right? <laughs> My Valentine's Day. You did what we weren't brave enough to do, Rick. It had chocolate brown hair that was not like a bear at all. He turned around to see it again. He turned in, in the road to see it again. But as soon as he got back to the area, just two minutes later, the creature was gone. So he remains adamant that it looked like a man, but it was covered in thick hair. So there's no explanation for that yet. Keep an eye out, Californians. Apart from Patty. It was obviously Patty. Patty's on holiday. Yeah, she's having a wonder. She is. She's having a trollop. I do like that he made sure to tell us, though. Right? She's got a tone down. Like, don't worry. It's as was perky. <laughs> okay, please tell me your story. Okay, I shall. My sources are ancient-ordens.net, an absolute killer. Love that. Independent.co.uk, Wikipedia, mysteriesareunsolved.com, science-rumors.com, thedetailedhistory.com, and anomalyinfo.com. Okay, so have you heard about spontaneous human combustion before? If so, what do you know about it? Uh, no. Briefly, because you said you were going to cover it, and I said, what's that? And you said not very nice that's all you know is just that it's not very nice well i presume people uh explode explode 
in some way. Like body parts everywhere. But, uh, you know, I don't think that's what the word combust means, but as soon as you say it, my brain goes straight to big explosions. To be fair, I had the same thing. I'm not really sure why that is. Combustion means Cartoons, fire. maybe. Yeah, it just means fire, so... The definition of a spontaneous human combustion is that some people catch a light even though there's no source of ignition that was the cause of it. This sounds like something I'm going to fear from now on. Yeah, for sure. So it'd be different if you found a burnt body like on top of a campfire, obviously. But in possible cases of human combustion, they've just been chilling at home in a chair or something. Oh, that's very strange. Yeah. No one is 100% sure if spontaneous human combustion is legit you know, because it is a bit freaky. Some people attribute it to paranormal explanations, like poltergeists for some reason. There was an explanation about like how poltergeists need human energy or something, so I don't know. There's They just set a light. It was very sketchy. Okay, someone just decided that, that was a, a reason. Yeah, but others have looked into possible science behind it. The fire is believed to actually begin within the body. Oh no. Yeah. Drink water. <laughs> Firefight yourself. Thomas Bartholin was a Danish physician, and in 1641, he wrote the first account of spontaneous human combustion. It was notes on the death of Polinus Vorstius, who was a knight from the 1400s, who died in Milan in 1470. The account claims that Polinus was drinking very strong wine, which led to them vomiting flames and bursting into fire. Oh, I'm never drinking again. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean it this time. <laughs> Me, every weekend. So, there are some, obviously it was in 1470, so there are some accounts that say that Polinus went to bed and set a light in his sleep and that the straw was like undisturbed, like under him that he was sleeping on. Right. Uh, but other people say like he was just drinking or she, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm presuming a 14, 17 night is a man. Probably. Um. Anyway, they were drinking and then just started like vomiting up fire and then just died. So it's like in The Sims, there mm. was no, there was a bug. Um, so they added, this is completely random, but like they added in a, an update and the Sims 4 team, when they added an update, something goes horribly wrong every time for some reason. I don't really know why. So they added in this thing. I don't remember what it was, but then all the Sims, when they went to pee, would pee fire. Oh my God. Well, yeah, kind of like that. It was ridiculous. So but there's I not- I guess it could be real. <laughs> I don't think that's what they were trying to achieve with the update. I don't think they were trying to show spontaneous human combustion. It's scientific fact this could happen. Like, get ready, guys. We got some straight facts to spit at you. So there's not that much more information on Polinus because it was a long time ago. Um, but in 1725, there was the case of Nicole Millet. She was married to Jean Millet. The couple owned the Lyon d'Or Inn. Are you proud? I'm not. I feel like I'm not butchering these. Yeah, sure. This is when my my friend that studied French at uni is going to be like, um, or like the Canadian people that speak French are just going to be like, pun. You've butchered it. It's okay. It's okay to correct us. We appreciate it. 
At 2am on the 20th of February, Nicole's badly burnt body was found sitting in an unburnt chair in the kitchen. Oh, how strange. It was found by her husband as he'd been woken up by an awful smell. When he reported it, people believed that he had killed her, burnt the body, and moved the remains to the chair. Because, as you would. Yeah, that would make sense. The remains were some intestines, a bit of her head, and her lower legs. God, that's so horrible. And traumatic, I imagine. However, when he was on trial, Nicholas Lecat... I don't know how to say that. It's literally just the word cat, so do with that what you will. He was a med student at the time, went on to be like a really esteemed surgeon, and he said that Nicole's death is a fine example of spontaneous human combustion. You look like you're about to sneeze. I was, but I'm not gonna. Please don't sneeze on the podcast. I beg. Achoo. Eventually, Jean was acquitted, and this is the generally accepted cause of death, although I think the actual cause of death that they had was like spiritual intervention that led to her death. Oh. Yeah. I don't know why they went with that, but... Paul Raleigh wrote about spontaneous human combustion in 1746, after the death of Countess Cornelia Zangeri Bandi. God, I wish that was my name. I am so glad it isn't, because I would not know how to say it. Hey, welcome back to Miss Magic and Murder. I'm Countess (laughs) Cornelia Zangeri Bandi. Cornelia died at the age of 66, just after she'd had dinner in 1731. During the dinner, she was reportedly very dull and heavy. The maid hung out with her afterwards for a couple of hours in her bedroom, until the countess fell asleep, at which point the maid left. The next morning, the maid was like, where is she? She's normally up and about. So she went in to go and wake her up, but the room was full of soot. The maid had a look around and eventually found Cornelia's lower legs, three fingers, and the front of her skull. That was all that was left. Oh my god. Aside from a pile of ash about a metre away from the bed. That's horrible. And wild. None of the furniture had been burnt, and there was no damage, but it was covered in a smelly yellow layer of grease. Oh. There was an oil lamp on the ground with no oil in it. It was next to the ashes, so people think that like she woke up, got out of bed, and then combusted i guess and there were two candles on the side which were just wicks the fat was gone because like back in day it wasn't wax and wick like we have now it was like cow fat yeah with like cotton or something in the middle of it so yeah the fat was gone that's so strange people tried to explain it away because she was a heavy brandy drinker and apparently when she was feeling unwell cornelia would sprinkle brandy on her body to ease the pain so if she was dull and heavy during the dinner, maybe she got up in the night, wasn't feeling great, poured brandy on herself, and then she caught a light from the oil burner and died. Yeah, possibly. That would make sense. However, if that were the case, surely something else in the room would have been burnt. That's what I was thinking. That's you the weirdest have, part. You would have heard her crying out in pain. Yeah, The maid true. was obviously very attentive. Yeah. If you set yourself on fire... That badly? Well, in any way. Oh, I mean, yeah. If I catch myself on the hob, I'm screaming the house down. Oh, yeah, same. But if it was that bad, it would be loud, right? Yeah, and you would be, be, like, moving. I would be, be, like, like running running around around. or doing something. (laughs) I'm on the ground rolling, kids running in circles. And (laughs) just screaming, like, on loop. Yeah, forever. But then, hmm. Yeah, something else would surely be 
burnt then. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. There have been over 200 documented cases of spontaneous human combustion, so there is no way I can tell you about all of them. What's interesting, though, is that it's barely ever talked about, even though it's obviously not just like a one-off in history. Don't want to talk about it, right? It's happened to people of all ages, from nine-year-old Rahul Kanan to 92-year-old Dr. John Irving Bentley. Not all of these cases are old, either. Michael Fahati's death from spontaneous human combustion only happened back in 2010. Oh, wow. And finally, just because someone is a victim of spontaneous human combustion does not make it a death sentence. Jack Angel was a salesman who awoke in his motorhome one morning, covered in burns. His arms, wrists, and back were burnt, and there was even a hole on his chest. Ew, that's amazing that he survived. Nothing in his home was burnt, not even his clothes that he was wearing to bed. Whoa. And when he went to the doctor, he was told he'd been a survivor of spontaneous human combustion. That's neat. That he could tell people that, and people would know that it was genuinely a thing then, and not just some kind of... They were all accidents. Yeah, there is... There is a problem with with Jack Angel's story, though, because... So everyone just accepted, like, okay, a bit weird. This happened to him. He somehow survived, whatever. And then a couple of years afterwards, he said that he'd scolded himself trying to fix the water pressure or something in his motorhome. But people weren't sure if he'd changed his story to this so that he could get some kind of, like, compensation. compensation. Yeah. Maybe. Or maybe people just, like, weren't believing him or something. But I don't know. It seems weird. I wouldn't... Personally, I wouldn't jump straight to spontaneous human combustion. Right? Especially if you didn't know what it was at first. If his doctor told him that. Yeah. Hmm. All seems a bit weird. It's suspect. Although we don't fully get spontaneous human combustion, we are aware that there are some common characteristics between the incidents. The victims are normally chronic alcoholics, elderly, females. The body had undergone spontaneous combustion, but some lighted substance had also come into contact with the body. You know what I mean? Um... So, like, with the Countess, she was next to an oil lamp. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, nearby. Yeah, but, like, not that could do that much damage. You know what I mean? It wasn't like they were... Some people were next to, like, a fireplace, but it wasn't like they were found on top of a campfire, like I said, you know? Yeah. The hands and feet usually fall off. There's very little or no damage to the surroundings. And bad smelling grease is found with ashes after death. You're looking at me like I'm just... The grease is so confusing. Mm, it is and it isn't. Apparently it's really sticky, like glue. Ew. But I presume it's just like melted fat. Oh, no. Yeah. Or... You know, I wish you hadn't told me that. I was just like, ooh, spooky. No, I don't think it's that spooky, hon. <laughs> I hate that. Sorry about that. It's okay. That's the that's the show. <laughs> it is. And here we are. Now for the science behind how spontaneous human combustion could even work. There's a theory called the wick effect that is the most accepted one. In this, imagine that a victim's body is a candle, except like a reversed candle. So with a wick covering the outside of the candle, not in the middle. Okay. Yeah. The wick is a person's clothing. Sounds like a shit candle. <laughs> It doesn't because it will burn. But yeah, imagine. Right, okay. 
toilet roll tube. Okay, this is my language. Yeah, yeah. With like wax in the middle. Ooh, right. That sounds fancy. So if you set the toilet roll tube alight, i.e. the wick, yeah, the wax will melt. Uh huh. The toilet roll tube or the wick is a person's clothing, and the wax in the middle is your fat. Please don't take that out of context. It's just me <laughs> telling Abby, you're fat. Okay. You get that? Yeah. Okay. So in this May theory, I ask a question? Yeah. Is the brown tube separate from the paper in the toilet roll thing? Or is it one? There's no paper. We're treating it at one. Right. Okay. It's just the tube. Yeah. Okay. It's used. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, used toilet roll analogy. Mm. Just what I wanted to hear. So in this theory, maybe a cigarette or an oil lamp is dropped onto someone's clothing. This would then split their skin and the inside fats under the skin are melted and released. Okay. Yeah, pretty gross, but stick with me. The released fats are then absorbed into the clothing, keeping it burning for longer. Right. Although it isn't really spontaneous human combustion, because the fire doesn't start from within with no prompting or whatever, it definitely has the best argument as to how all of these bodies have been found. So your clothes are the problem. Yeah, your clothes, when they absorb the fat, it's kind of like pouring sort of more petrol on a fire, like it's keeping it going. You heard it here first, sleep naked. Exist or naked. Die. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. This can explain why the victim's bodies are destroyed, but the surroundings aren't. Because fire, apparently, right, people that study spontaneous human combustion have said this, the fire would tend to burn upward easily, but has trouble moving laterally. And they compared it to, like, how a campfire can get really big, and you won't set a light to it if you're stood next to it. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. It could also explain why the hands and feet fall off, if most of the victims are women, because of night dresses. Oh. Yeah. So if you're wearing that, then that's the wig. So you're going to burn in the middle, but dresses don't cover your hands and feet. True. And also, um, another reason is because like some, most of the people have been like sitting or something, or like at least a few. So fire would burn up. So your extremities, it's like why feet are always cold, you know what I mean? They're like at the bottom, furthest away from everything. So like the fire wouldn't travel down to your yeah. feet. It would also explain why most of the victims are chronic alcoholics, because perhaps they were too intoxicated to react properly, or maybe they awoke too late to do anything. Okay, that would make sense. All right, it's all adding up. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. It's all coming together. Whether the wick effect is even a thing has actually been researched. In 1963, a portion of human fat was wrapped in cloth. So the cloth was like Ew. clothing. Yeah, I know, really gross. A Bunsen burner was then put under it, and it caught fire after about a minute. At this point, the Bunsen was removed, but the combustion of the fat continued slowly, with a yellow flame and a lot of soot. It was destroyed after about an hour. This was later replicated for the BBC, in 1998. Okay, wow, okay, BBC. Where a dead pig's body was wrapped in a blanket in a completely furnished room. Wait, holy shit, this, yeah. is, this is completely different to what you just told me. They got a whole pig and they put it in a blanket? Yeah, they wanted to see if it would work on like a bigger scale. In a completely furnished room? 
Yeah, because they wanted to see about the damage the to the yeah. But what I was fuck? just absolutely cracking up writing this because I was like, could you imagine if you're just walking past your like your neighbor's window or something and you just see like a dead pig wrapped in a blanket sat on the couch? No, I would rather not imagine that. <laughs> what would you do? Uh, just walk away. Just walk quicker. The blanket was lit with a small amount of petrol and it was observed. The body burned at high temperatures, although the flames were pretty small. There was very little damage to the surroundings and it burnt hot for quite a few hours until it was extinguished. Like, by the people to see what was going on. The flesh and bone in the burnt portion had been completely destroyed. That's insane. But that's a thing. Yeah. What was interesting about this is that the heat from the body had collected at the top of the room, because heat rises, and melted a television in the room above. Oh my gosh. So I wonder if any of the furniture above the victims in previous cases had been damaged. Yeah, I guess you wouldn't know. There are, of course, other explanations. Perhaps these people died and then their bodies were burnt by an external source afterwards. Sort of like maybe an accidental cremation, not a cause of death. Adding on to this, many of the victims have had low mobility due to old age, obesity or poor health, meaning it's perfectly possible that they died from this and then caught a light. Alternatively and horrifically, maybe they caught a light while they were alive, but they couldn't do anything because of their low mobility. Why would you bring that one up? I gotta give you the facts. It's, that is true. This is true. Some believe it could be legitimate spontaneous human combustion caused by ketosis. Oh, interesting. That's right. If you're on the keto diet, stop. Burn that fat, but literally. Right? Because ketosis causes the production of acetone, which is highly flammable and could potentially cause combustion. And ketosis isn't just hit by eating no chips and a lot of donut meat. It's also a byproduct of alcoholism. So be careful. Oh, interesting. Ketosis? Keto sucked. Keto was the worst like month of my life. Yeah, me too. It was a get thin quick before graduation. Yeah, it worked. Scheme. And then I ate one piece of bread and put it all back on. It didn't even work for me. No, I know. <laughs> How sad. I was eating so many cheesy mushrooms and for what? Lawrence Afrin put forward the idea of mast cell activation syndrome, which may explain these deaths. So, in this, mast cells, which are like white blood cells that live and act in the tissues. So the mast cells spontaneously release over 200 inflammatory mo molecules called mediators, including noradrenaline. Specifically... What? Wait, what cells? Mast. Mast? Yeah, like okay. M-A-S-T. Sorry, with your accent, I couldn't tell what you're trying to say. My bad. I am RP. Yeah, I know. You I are just, the anomaly. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't, I didn't want to get it wrong. Yeah. So they spontaneously release over 200 inflammatory molecules called mediators, including noradrenaline, specifically norepinephrine. Okay. If you don't know what that is, that's fine. Then basically, you know, adrenaline is the thing that gets you ready to like fight or run. Lift a car when your baby's under it. Yeah, exactly. Well, noradrenaline is what goes through your system to get rid of that when the time is done. Okay. Yeah. It's basically like for every action, there's like an equal and opposite reaction, if you get me. Also, I'm not an anomaly. There are only two of us here. I meant like in the world. 
That's just not true. Not is. even a bit. Yeah? I think everyone would disagree with you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the production of norepinephrine can turn on a regulatory protein called UCP1 more than it can normally. UCP1 causes adipose or fat oxidization to be released as heat. So in the right circumstances, this can get up to over 90 degrees Celsius or around 190 Fahrenheit. Oh my word. Basically, the body tricks itself into just setting a light. That's horrific. Yeah. Science is amazing, though. Like, that, that's been figured out, right? What the heck? And my, my final explanation is from Dr. John Emsley, who thinks it could be the overproduction of diphosphane in the gut that causes spontaneous human combustion. This is a pyrophoric liquid, so if it's self-combusted, it would in turn ignite the hydrogen and methane in the gut, causing a fire starting literally in your stomach. Whoa. And then just setting you alight. Gnarly. Gnarly, but also horrific. Terrible. Just terrible. Do you enjoy? You know, I don't know if I did. I think enjoy is probably the wrong word. Yeah, not not really. I didn't enjoy <laughs> it, but it's very interesting. How scary do you think? Five, I'm terrified. Is, you are. I knew this would this would trigger you. I'm never going to get adrenaline or have a drink of alcohol ever again in my life. <laughs> no more candles. No I'm keto. I'm sleeping naked forever. <laughs> Some of these people weren't, like, asleep. Okay, I'm just going to be naked. I'm taking my socks off oh, as no. we speak. I'm really sorry to the this patrons the for the video content. of me getting naked. Stop taking your sock off! <laughs> okay, how dangerous? Five. <laughs> how likely is it that spontaneous human combustion is actually a thing? There's no other explanation for it. So the first examples you gave were just alternatives, right? Which I can't even remember. I'm so bad at the scare scale thing. When you started explaining them and you said that they caught on fire because of they they had fire near them and they were drunk, so they couldn't Yeah, that's like an alternative. Yeah, okay. So I'm gonna go three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> it's like you don't listen. I love it. No, I do. I just then I get I listen to the next part and the first part is gone. But I love that we do a podcast together. I have really poor memory. Okay, so do you have any ideas? Poltergeists. I'm going to say a supernatural interference because poltergeists feels like the wrong term for this. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> spontaneous human combustion. Yeah, obviously. Um, people caught fire just naturally yeah just because there was something nearby Fair. that made them catch on fire and then they couldn't do anything about it because they were drunk or asleep or the trouble is though most of the time there's not that much fire nearby it'll be like a candle yeah and i've accidentally set myself alight with a candle once i think i might have yeah and i'm still here yeah when you when a candle touches you you don't yeah, I, I was leaning over a candle once and it set a light to my hair. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, so I just like backed away, patted my hair. 
I was right. Yeah, I think my my clothes have caught fire before. Like, oh my god. No, I mean, I think no. I've been self-immolated before. No, I mean, like you know, when you your sleeve kind of touches something. I feel like I have a fake memory of that, but I don't know whether it was a dream. But either way, you can just put it out, can't you? You can just like pat it out if it's just a fire. Yeah, and or if I, it starts spreading, you can just put something else on it or water or something. Yeah, and although like all of these people are described as chronic alcoholics or whatever or elderly or low mobility i feel like they would still have the comprehension or the ability to at least call for help well yeah you don't just become an alcoholic or old and then you suddenly can't do anything like that's not really how it works yeah and for people that had uh pre-existing medical conditions and they had low mobility and stuff I feel like, um, obviously it's not the case all the time, but in those instances, they've normally got help even closer. Yeah. Or like people listening out, you know what I mean? Just in case. Being completely silent as you're on fire is first of all, absolutely terrifying. And second of all, kind of unbelievable. Yeah. I don't get it. This, I don't know. I really don't know about this one. What do you think? I think... I don't have a clue. I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't get it. I'm baffled. Bamboozled. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you're baffled slash bamboozled. And or bamboozled. Absolutely taken aback. Okay, well, if you like the podcast and you want to follow us on social media, you can do that at MythsMagicPod. And you can go over to patreon.com forward slash MythsMagicMurder and get our exclusive Patreon-only content. Woo! Over on Patreon, you don't have to pay on like tiers i mean you do there's money involved but like it's as much or as little as you want and we give you video content that is exclusive to patreon so you can see our beautiful smiling faces and abby in the nude because she's i'm in the knack (laughs) she's not wearing clothes anymore giant baby (laughs) we can never do a photo shoot again um so that's on there pre-release info's on there you can chat amongst yourselves it's a nice time everyone seems to be having a nice time extra episodes and stuff like that yeah enjoyable little things thank you to everyone who already supports us on that it means a lot to us we really appreciate it we're about to do a Q&A over on there after this which yeah. will be released on Thursday yes Thursday so that is brilliant also if you have oh and 10% off merch yeah com for merch if you want to go grab some of that mm-hmm. over on our website as well we have a little thing where you can tell us your spooky stories or you can give us ideas for future episodes and if you have any haunted happenings terrifying tales or spooky stories as i said chuck it on the website or email us on mythsmagicandmurder at gmail.com today i'm talking about two things that are the same but different oh boy i hate that you always give a disclaimer on yours because yours is always weird the first is the conspiracy that birds are government drones so basically birds aren't real and you've never seen one Ah boy, here we go. The second is the cold hard fact that birds are spies and so is everything else. Mm. My sources are many, many pages from the BBC, Vice, birdsarmreal.com, and Audubon. I think that's how you pronounce it. Why is the BBC getting involved with this? Almost every... I was looking at it and I was like, that's only four sources. I looked at like ten pages and then I realised it was all the BBC and that was why... <laughs> BBC is getting too self-aware. It's because they have so many subsections. So there's a movement online that spreads the theory that birds aren't real, they're government drones. Mm. It's a parody conspiracy, obviously, created by Peter McKindo, who was a student at the time. 
He doesn't want to be credited, though, because he says he's just the messenger to help spread the word from the superior overlords. <laughs> ah, joy. At this current point in time, they have over 60,000 followers on Twitter and 366,000 members on the subreddit, which is mostly just bird drone memes and discussions. <laughs> so this movement, I guess you could call it, seems to be sort of a parody of conspiracy theories in general. It's like people being like, this is the wokest people ever and you're ignorant if you don't know about it. Mm -hmm. I do believe in conspiracy theories, but you know, it's pretty funny. I think there's a difference between believing in conspiracy theories and believing that every single bird is a spy. Believing that everything is a conspiracy theory. Yeah. Well, they do have a long history on their website that explains the background of the conspiracy, which is genuinely really complex. It's like 4,000 words. It's well thought out. So, so get ready for her to read it verbatim. Here we go. <laughs> Once upon a time. <laughs> so I'm just going to explain it to you, a bit of it to you. And you can decide whether or not you think birds are real. So it's obviously a lo lot longer, written far more detailed than, more beautifully than how I'm going to say it, but I want kind of to be easy to follow. <laughs> but I want to sound scummy, as per. <laughs> but I want Kate to be able to keep up with it. Oh, I see. Okay, so it starts in 1947, when the CIA was founded to survey Americans suspected of being communists. The stalking went on for four or five years, before they realised they had to crack down and make a better system for tracking people. They did this for a few years until 1953, when a man named Alan Dulles was made the first civilian director for the CIA, and he made it his mission to ramp up the surveillance programme by hiding cameras in thousands of places in America, including places it would be really hard to find them. This was a really big success, so he decided that he wanted to put cameras in the sky. Oh, here it comes. Because that would be way easier than, like, switching to cameras on the street, you know? One camera in the sky could do, like, way more damage is the wrong word. It could see way more stuff. I suppose, yeah, but you wouldn't see any of the details. You wouldn't, you know what I mean? You wouldn't see who's talking to who, you'd just see two people. You could fly a bird drone from the ground next to someone, follow them home. Yeah, you could. That is true. Ah, so there we go. So he went to President Eisenhower for approval, and the plan was to create spy drones because they'd be much easier to attract people. As a side note, I feel like everyone always forgets about Eisenhower. I do, personally. If you told me to name some US presidents, I would say Kennedy, Reagan, Nixon, Obama. This isn't a game where you have to guess all of the presidents. Literally who's current? Biden. That's it. Oh, and like Washington and Jefferson. This isn't this isn't. Could you a imagine contest. I just name every single one of them? Well that would be <laughs> Ford. Anyway. <laughs> but Eisenhower never even makes it to top ten. Eisenhower asked him to return when he'd figured out how to make his plan possible. So Alan flew to an undisclosed location to discuss his plan with his inner circle, and he planned to kill all birds and replace them with flying cameras. Oh my goodness. All birds in North America, that is. Every single bird. All of them. Of every type. Because him and his bird is bird. <laughs> it's, it's one bird we're going to take over the world. He had one bird that he liked. And that was the only bird that he liked. You are the only one that will survive. This is the only bird left in the whole of America. <laughs> him it's and one of the pigeons with the gammy foot. Him and his team 
absolutely fucking hated birds. They would often call them the scum of the skies because they would poop all over their cars. And at this point, pigeon feces was at an all-time high in DC. Pigeon feces was at an all-time high? Who's recording this? <laughs> because Americans were feeding pigeons more often. So Alan and his team wanted to wipe out every single flying feathered creature in North America. I feel like that is the worst way to go about something. That's how you know if like you've got a problem. It's by you've been inconvenienced once, probably by bird poo, and you can like use the jet spray to get rid of it. It's literally the mildest inconvenience, and you're like, well, what I'm gonna do <laughs> is I'm gonna wipe out those fucking birds. I'm gonna kill them all. I'm gonna murder every bird in the world. So the the plan was put into action, and birds were starting to be eliminated using a special bird poison dropped from eight thousand feet. This caused a virus. Why did they have to drop it so high? Because it, there was a reason for it. It was like um, water or something, and it would kind of oh, like it went in the clouds in the air. Like, right, right. So it could only be spread to other birds. So the plan was that the virus would kill. It would infect the birds, and it would just infect all the other birds. And this would kill the birds quickly, and total decomposition would occur within twenty four hours. I have a question. The I birds completely gone. I don't know why, because. This, this is obviously is isn't real. Bollocks, yeah. <laughs> Would that not spread to other countries? Because birds, uh, it's either migrate or emigrate and never learnt the difference. Migrate. I don't have a clue. But they move. Birds are not stuck on the ground. So surely everyone's birds would be infected. I'm sure they've got an answer for you if you want to drop them an email. Because I'd be upset. Like, penguins? Spies. Spies of the north. Well, maybe, but... I don't think that was really a, a problem. Why? Clouds go everywhere. <laughs> the project began in 1959. You're and within just cutting me off. You're just ignoring this. Within six years, 15% of the bird population was wiped out and bird robot prototypes were released in millions. At this point, JFK was president and he didn't know about this operation until October 3rd, 1963, when he tapped the phone of the CIA's communication director. Isn't that the year he died? <clears throat> he did this because he was convinced this was the person stealing his sandwiches. Oh my god, did they murder him? He was right. <gasps> However, JFK also heard him ask how many birds they'd killed so far, and that robot birds were doing no good, but so good that nobody suspected them. Oh my god. Oh my god. Kennedy demanded to know what was happening, and on October 25th, JFK was showing the prototype of the Turkey X500, which was a turkey, obviously. <laughs> Thank you for clearing created that. Created to kill large birds. Oh my god! Like eagles and falcons and stuff. <gasps> they're, they're diversifying these bird murders. Birders, if you will. Burgers, if you will. <laughs> Kennedy was impressed, but he demanded that the operation be shut down immediately. So and they he was later killed. assassinated. <gasps> I knew it. It wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald. From here, the CIA started rigging elections to let pro-bird candidates lose every time. What? If you didn't want birds to be killed, you could never win. Oh Only my bird god. killers can be president. Oh my god. I am shook. Now, this goes on for a very long time. There's a bunch of different stuff. There's something about Vietnam and pretending to drug people so that they can make bird prototypes. You know, I'm not going to talk about all of it. If you want to read it all, you can go to birdsaren'treal.com and read it all for yourself. I wonder if birds have been 
brought back in. I wonder if they've recalled their bird drones. Because back in, in style? What? Is that what you meant? No, no, no. I mean, like, <laughs> born again. Oh. Because, and here's the thing, we are stalked by our mobile phones. The government does not need birds. We literally, we give them all of our information willingly. Yeah, they can look through all of our cameras, go through all of our stuff. Yeah, so they don't need these freaking birds anymore. They're just like, you know what, let the birds back. Unless they're still mad about birds shitting on the car. But birds shit on my car all the time. So did they make these robot birds capable of shitting on people's cars? It's only in North America. Are you missing something? Well, I'm sorry. Let us know. Drop me an email if you're from North America and birds shit on your car. Don't do. Well, apparently they stopped doing this in 2001. At that point, the birds were wiped out. By 95% of the bird population was gone at that point. Oh my God. Only 5% of birds in North America are real. Wow. The rest of them are government spies. Let us know if you've ever seen a real bird in the wild. Imagine just being like... I'm gonna make a robot that fucking loves to eat breads. <laughs> gonna make, I'm gonna make a robot that shits on everyone else's car, but mine. Make a robot, and the robot's just like, holy shit, seeds. <laughs> Do you think birds could be spies? No. No, I like the creativity of it, but no. Well, birds, particularly pigeons, have been known to be a very efficient species to be spies. Well, yeah. I mean, we used them for. Like, well, let me tell you more about that. We did use them for the war, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. So this part is real. This is not about birds that aren't real. You've never seen one. This is real. <laughs> Most of the information regarding animal species as spies is classified, but I'll tell you what isn't. <laughs> There's a reason that it's not. During the Cold War, many different types of animals were trained as spies. I know about the war, but there isn't too much information on that, and we're just we're talking more about the CIA. Okay, sorry. Ravens were trained to drop bugging devices, and dolphins were trained for underwater missions. Oh my god, what cool animals. However, pigeons are special creatures, because no matter where you put them, they can always find their way back home. No matter where you put them, they always look lost. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. They could be at home and they're like, where are we? Me. They were first used by British intelligence in World War One and Two, and the CIA began using them in the 60s. That's bare late. Get with it. We've been using them for a long time. Birds could be trained to deliver and retrieve small objects from the windowsill of inaccessible buildings. So they would use a laser beam to mark the target, and then they'd use a special lamp to bring the bird back. Wow. On one occasion, That's they were That's very able, inconspicuous. They were able to deliver a, <laughs> deliver a listening device via a bird to a window. Wow. In one instance. Imagine being caught by a bird. <laughs> Imagine you've been absolutely rat out, like you're facing death, and it's all because of a pigeon. Well, in this one instance, the audio actually didn't pick up anything. Oh, he put it the wrong way around. He was like, I'm not a narc. But the bird did a great job of doing that. Good for him. In the mid-70s, the CIA began strapping cameras to pigeons for some test missions. The cameras weighed only 35 grams, and many of the images they produced were very good and clear. The quality of the image was actually better than those created by spy satellites, but they were kind of worried that someone would see a bird with a camera strapped to it, like a GoPro. It's not really. <laughs> and 
they'd be like, why is the government spying on us via these birds? Yeah, understandably. What they should start doing is popping one of the bird's eyes out and then replacing it with a teeny tiny little camera like they do in cuddly toys. Yeah. That's horrible. Do that. Well, it's less conspicuous, isn't it? So the plan was to secretly ship the birds to Russia and release them. So they were going to do this by um, putting them in... Maybe that's what the mangosteens are. Oh my God, maybe. (laughs) Under a car. Listen to our last episode, I think it was. Um, Under a car, and then there'd be a hole in the floor of the car. So you park the car up, Mm -hmm. open the hole, pigeons would just be out in Russia. Oh my God. They also looked at launching them from the car window while driving at 50 miles per hour. Shotting out a pigeon. Oh my god. So the plan was to be near the target. You're saying plan, but this does not feel like a plan. Going at at 50, you're near the target, and then you just... (laughs) I feel bad, because like these poor animals. Then they just chuck the pigeon out, and the pigeon will just fly in the direction that you've thrown it. So it would take photos of the area you you wanted to to look at. And then it would come home, because it was trained to go home. I, um... I don't know entirely. I'm trying to look it up right now, but everything's just going too slow because of our Wi-Fi. <laughs> I don't know what an average speed is for a pigeon, but I do not think that it's 50. So if you throw a pigeon out of a window at 50, it's screwed. Well, they were fine. Well, that's where the declassified CIA pigeon files end, so I'm not sure whether they did slingshot the pigeons and whether it worked or not. <laughs> But it's pretty interesting. Oh my god. So going back to dolphins, because I know that's what you really care about. Oh yeah. At this point. We've had enough of birds now, even though that was the whole uh, part of this. Give me those sea mammals. The dolphins were tested to see whether they could carry sensors to detect enemy submarines or radioactive weapons, and whether they could place packages on ships. Wow. They couldn't, because they have no thumbs. Though in the notes, it did say it was pretty hard to do this because they would go from being with their trainer to being with an agent, so they weren't very cooperative. Why didn't they just get the trainers in? However, recently, and by recently I mean April 2019. Is this SeaWorld? SeaWorld is the hub for CIA intelligence. It is, because that's not what I'm going to talk about. It is. Yeah. Think about how many mammals they've got there. That's a That's a bunch. <laughs> that is a bunch! A group of fishermen were in a boat in Ngoya, which is an Arctic island, when a beluga whale came over to them looking for food. Neat. First of all, love beluga whales. Absolute babies. Big fan. Did you know they can change the shape of their melon? I love them so much. At will. They're so cute. But then they noticed that the beluga was <laughs> was wearing a harness. He was wearing a full-on suit. That had a clip for a GoPro. Wow. And on it, it had a label that said St. Petersburg. That's so funny. He, the, I'll put a picture of him on social media at Mids Magic Pod. He's wearing like a little harness with a GoPro strap. That's hilarious. One of the men has a colleague that's a Russian, Russian scientist, and he said it's unlikely any scientist would use this, but the Russian Navy may have been training whales for spy purposes. And there was a Russian Navy base around 250 miles from where they were fishing, so it is possible. But a reserve colonel denied this because he was like, 
if we were training an animal for spying, do you think we'd put a label on it? I was about to say. That said St. Petersburg. But then it could be a double fake out. You know what I mean? You'd be like, no one's dumb enough to do that uh, for a spy operation. Possibly. But really? They knew that you would know that no one would be dumb enough to do that. So they were like, well, if we don't label it, then they're definitely going to think it's CIA. But if we do label it, then they're going to think that we have labeled it because it's not a CIA operation, but it is. Well, not CIA. KGBT. KGB. Well, he also was like, we have military dolphins and we don't cover that up. So why would we bother with this whale? Such a cute whale. And the photo, it was really funny. I was reading the article and it was a photo of the little whale in a harness. And it was like, is this whale a government spy? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, bait. That's so funny. Makes me laugh, though, because if it wasn't them, who the hell strapped a GoPro to this whale? Maybe he did it himself. Yeah, the whale's like, yeah, I'm going to get a sick POV video for my YouTube channel. He's doing it one second every day. I'm doing a swimming. Smash the subscribe button. <laughs> So besides birds and whales, other animals were also used for spying purposes. Operation Acoustic Kitty was launched by the CIA in the 60s. Yes. No. No. This involved placing a listening device inside of a cat and having them prowl around and pick up info. But it failed because the cat was hit by a car on day one of the project. It was the first day. Also, in the Second World War, in the Second World War, bats were thought to be good spies. They were thought to be good spies, sorry, because have you seen bats, you know? So the idea was for them to be fitted with an explosive device, which is kind of sad because the bat would obviously have to die and, you know, so would everybody else in the area. But then they would be released into the enemy area, roost, and then randomly explode and cause a fire in the enemy area. Didn't you? However, they accidentally burnt down an aircraft hangar, so the idea didn't take off. And that's all I have for you today. That feels not very well thought out. It's a bit of a jumble of stuff, but it's it's kind of connected. And I'm, I was never going to be able to talk about that whale again, so I kind of wanted my chance. Oh, definitely. You saw that opportunity and you took it. Spy whale. Okay, let's do the scare scale for spy birds. Okay. How scary are spy birds? I guess like three and a half. I don't like the idea of the government spying on me when I'm not aware of it. I don't think anyone does. How dangerous are spy birds? Half. And I have to give it that much because I can't give it a zero. What's the likelihood there are still bird spies? Half. I I, I'm, I believe in like the carrier pigeon-esque type thing, or, you know, maybe like placing little beacons, but I do not believe in spy birds in the way that you are trying to tell me that spy birds were there. Okay, you have any ideas? I think birds are real. Unpopular opinion. Oh, you do? Yeah. Do you, what do you, what ideas do you have about the uh, spy animals in general? I think they probably existed, but weren't very efficient. I think most of those operations were probably ditched fairly early on. I think so. Yeah. Besides the beluga, he's doing so good. Oh yeah, he's still Subscribe out Subscribe to his YouTube channel. <laughs> Go find him. Find him on TikTok. God, is that what the kids do nowadays? Such a cute whale. Very nice. I'm excited to see him. I will show you at Miss Magic Pod. Check out the whale. Mm. Give us a follow. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yes. Okay, that's all I have for you today. That was magical and wonderful. And I hope everyone here has enjoyed some wonderful pancakes. Yes. 
I will go and enjoy more, more wonderful pancakes right now. And don't listen before bed. Listen before bed. <laughs>